Casualties. Well, we talk about casualties. Casually. And Becca has no idea who we're recording half the time. <laughs> when does it start? <laughs> yeah, I need to get longer curtains. Yeah, I gotta gotta turn this space into an actual pod lab because we're actually live now. I mean, I know this is probably like like obvious to you. I think guys. this is episode thirteen now. But it's episode like thirteen for us. But for you guys. Or no no, it's episode thirteen for you guys, but we only just posted in, in like number one through five, so tonight. Like just right now. It's just like it just happened. Like ah Um A lot of big stuff happening today. Like I just found out I'm about to be a grandma. <laughs> Congratulations, it's a hope. Yay! So uh Remember that lovely little anecdote I told about my adorable little male cat named Wilhelm? Not only is Wilhelm a female, but Wilhelm is a fucking hoe and about to give birth in the next, like, 48 hours. Because not only am I shitty at telling cat gender, but I just didn't realize that my cat was pregnant and not just a fat ass. And it's like, did you realize that she was pregnant until... Like, right before she's gonna pop. <laughs> yes, okay, so, like, I thought, I realized last night, I was like, dude, what you doing with all them teats? <laughs> and then I thought about it, and I'm like, dude, is you a dude? Because, like, when you was given, like, when my friend gave Wilhelm to me way back when, it was still a tiny little bean with a tail that stuck straight up. You know how little kitten tails go, twink? I was told thing. by, like, six other humans... Yeah, it's a boy. Yep, thems are balls. And so then I walked into this vet and I'm like, can you tell me if this cat's pregnant? And they're like, well, first let's take a look and see the gender. And so I'm holding my poor cat and this lady is like cupping my cat's butt end, staring straight into the cooter. And they're like, um, I can't tell if those are balls or not. And I was like, you what? What? <laughs> you're supposed to be educated on these job. things. I don't understand. You stare at dogs or cats. You stare at animals all day. <laughs> and so then she went and got back up, and she got another girl, and she goes, "Um, I are those balls? I don't, I don't know." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> is it balls or a cooter? I need to know." So they're like, "Let's get her back to the let's get her back to the sonogram tech, and we'll see." And the sonogram tech was like. I don't fucking know. Let's find out. And so they, they they got a bunch of goop on her belly. And they're like, well, I don't know if it's got a dick or not, but it's got babies in there. <laughs> and then sure enough, my very first response was, you little hoe. <laughs> and the room of women just erupted with pure laughter at my response to finding out I was about to be a grandmother. It was, you little hoe. You little hoe. And so not only is my cat a little hoe, she's a sneaky little hoe. She's sneaky. Um, apparently, she hid her pregnancy so well that she is now within 48 hours of giving birth. Yep. And I only just now pulled my head out of my own ass and out of my own work schedule to realize that my cat not only got fat, but, like... <laughs> has teeth. Has teeth. So. <laughs> Popping tears. <laughs> I feel like a really shitty cat mom right now. I mean... You thought you had a boy cat. I was told multiple times throughout his youngest age that he was a, sh- a he, and now he ain't a he. So yeah. You know what's really funny? Huh? I keep thinking about we had we had guinea pigs as kids. Mm-hmm. 
and my mom rescued these two and we thought they were we were told they were boys mm -hmm. and i think josh named so he named it shrek mm -hmm. then shrek got pregnant because <laughs> 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 we kept making the joke like well hopefully shrek doesn't turn into an ogre and then it was like well it turns out shrek just turned into a chick and was popping out baby guinea pigs Jesus Christ. <laughs> I felt like such a shitty cat mom when I walked into this vet with a obviously very <laughs> pregnant cat, and I'm like, is it a dude? But then I felt a little bit better when not one, not two, but three different mm -hmm. women in the office were like, I don't mm -hmm. fucking know. It looks like balls Those to me, like too. And I was like, so what is that thing? <laughs> Can you tell me if I'm having babies or not? <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then, like, the sonogram tech, like, got right up in there and was, like, really feeling around and looking at it. And she's counting them. She goes, there's one and two and three. And I, like, I kind of researched this a little bit. And I was like, cool, I know that average is about four. Oh, really? Yeah. So, online, according to the Google, uh, an average litter of kittens is about four. But that's average. Average. So, I would say, like, normal is, like, six to eight. Yeah, I'm having like seven or eight kittens in the next 48 hours and I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Need Dude. to get them little collars and... Not gonna lie, I'm super excited because like Wilhelm is a really pretty, sleek, all black, all black. cat with these big green eyes. Gorgeous. And Monster, the father, is a little black and white tuxedo cat with big green eyes and he's mostly black so it's gonna be a super cute brood when they finally pop out but like like the lady who told me she goes oh yep and this one right here you see that and like i looked at it and it looked like the thing from like alien versus predator like these big old eye sockets and you could see like the like nah like the, the little mouth like it looked gross looking and it was looking right at the sonogram thing she goes that one's gonna be the first and i'm like oh joy You're like, yay. yay like yeah this one's already like getting ready and going towards the birth canal and, and entering the birth canal so like i would probably give it about 48 maybe 60 hours max and i was like what? Yeah, like so. I thought only, I would have like two weeks. Not only am I just now finding out that my boy cat is actually a girl cat, but I'm also having seven to eight kittens. So, are you ready for like the piece de resistance in the same week? We just neutered the male. <laughs> Because he was getting, like, all, like, he had started to spray, he was getting all vocal, and so we were like, nah, fam, we're done with that. And so, my little brother, being a very responsible parent, did the research and was like, okay, well, he's old enough, he weighs enough, and right about now is a good age, I'm going to go get him snipped. And I was like, good for you, bud. My cat never had any of those behavioral changes all of a sudden, so I never really worried about it with him. Your cat didn't <sighs> spray. Weird. Well, How I realize bizarre. now why. How bizarre. How bizarre. Um, so, yeah. I'm about to be a grandma. I wasn't ready for it. Congrats. I was so ready for the safe sex talk and everything when it came to my brother. I didn't even think about it when it came to my fucking cat. That's crazy. So, like, I have... I don't know if I should say this out loud or Do not. it. You can edit um, it if you don't want to say it. True that. <laughs> so, I've decided... Uh, again, I don't have kids, nor do I really I'm plan on having kids. Kidding. But, when I grow up... 
if I have a kid, I have a plan. Mm -hmm. This plan is, is I'm going to have a weird, ugly, ornate vase. Mm -hmm. Right now, I have a, an ugly, like, okay, not ugly. I have, like, this really bright orange teapot that I think I might convert. Maybe? I don't know. Let's see. But my plan is when my children, especially when I, if I have kids, even if I don't have kids, I think it's clever for when nieces and nephews are over. I'm going to take this ugly ass face and make sure it's right within reach of preteens and teens. And when they're old enough for the talk, I'm going to take that vase down off my mantle and I'm going to open it up and I'm going to show them that it is completely filled with condoms and birth and pregnancy tests. And then I'm going to put it back on the mantle. <laughs> I'm just going to let them know, hey, that's there. You don't have to ask. You don't have to go to the convenience store at midnight and awkwardly buy them and not make eye contact with the cashier. I've seen that happen about a dozen times. I think it's the funniest fucking shit. Um, you don't have to do that. It's right here. It's available. If you're going to do shit, do shit safely. And that is my plan. So be prepared if your kid ever gets old enough and just wants to go hang out with auntie for no apparent reason. She will have access to condoms. We will be careful. We will make sure that she knows to be careful. I've told her before that's like... If something's going on and she doesn't want to talk to me or Michael about it, that she needs to, she can talk to, like, you guys. Oh, I like that. I don't know. I've always been a big advocate for, like, you know what, dude, like, I get it. You don't want to talk to your parents about yeah. certain things, but, like, you're sneaking out, you you're going to, to a party or whatever. You need to have a designated adult Somebody who knows what's know going on. Are, yeah. Like, you need someone that you can trust, an aunt, a cousin, um, um, what are they called? A godmom or a godfather, whatever. Someone that you can just shoot a text to that has an address. Mm -hmm. And there will be no questions asked because that information is vital. Or just like share your location. I used to, and it always annoyed my little brother back when he still lived with my parents. I'd always tell him, hey, like New Year's is coming up. Are you doing anything? And he'd be like, no, I'm not partying or anything. I was like, well, okay, if that changes, if you go somewhere, you send me that address. If you, you take something, you send me what it is. The way if something happens. And, like, he never took me up on that because he, again, never was a party or never was, like, into that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that option was always there, and he knew that, like, I would not take that information anywhere unless something happened. Yeah. Unless and, it was needed. Like, it was, su it's, it was always super important to me. I was like, look, somebody has to know where you are. Somebody has to know what you took. Yeah. Because if you're laying, like, unconscious in a hospital, somebody needs to be able to help you. Yeah. And they need to know what's in your system. Mm -hmm. So, wise words from Brianna, who is obviously not that wise because <laughs> she can't tell a dick from a from a vagina. But it's like, a cat. but it's like it's a cat, and it, at least it's not like, oh hey, guess what? I'm like five months pregnant. Yeah, I I'll get all my fuck ups out on my animals, and then when I actually have kids, I'll be like, hmm, shit. I'll be like, oh damn. Yeah, that's my life. You doing okay? You good? I'm sleepy. Okay. Well, that's cool. You want to talk about some dead people now? Hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? It does not involve a dead child. She's 18. <laughs> Great. So she's basically just barely still a child. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It was all senseless. All of these cases are always senseless. But at least this time it does not involve a teeny bean. Yeah, no beans. No, no beans, beans were harmed in the making of this Get out of my brain! <laughs> Alrighty, I'm actually gonna tell a really, really popular-ish story as far as, like, the true crime community is concerned, so you probably know what it is. I will be talking about the Preppy murder. Preppy? This sounds vaguely familiar. Um, just think Brock. Oh, what's his name? But... Fuck that guy. But place it in the 80s. So take that, place it in the 80s, ship it to New York, and unfortunately, unfortunately, it didn't quite go the same way as me. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, it's not not Brock Turner. What we are going to be talking about is Jennifer Levin and Robert Chambers. So this episode was requested from um, a vendor whose services... A, a location that I work out of, and I don't want to give any more information than that because I don't know if they want their name out there or not. But uh, you know who you is. You know who you is, girl. Shout out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, lots of like three a.m. conversations while they're in my location about different uh. Three a.m. Yeah. Who's delivering at three a.m. Um, they deliver that early? Well, actually, uh, this person tends to deliver closer to, like, 1 a.m., but yeah. Hey, the grind don't stop, bruh. Ain't no rest for the wicked. (laughs) The earlier you start, the earlier you're done. It's funny, as I always work 6 to 2 for, like, three years. And now I'm, like... 6 p.m. to 2 a.m.? 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. When I was a trainer. 62? Yes. And now I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed at 6. Dude, I'm counting the seconds until I don't have to work overnights ever again. Me too! So, yeah. Anywho, uh, we are gonna jump in our cute little Miss Frizzle time machine, and we're gonna zap our asses all the way back to 1966 when little Robert Chambers was born in September of 25th, 1966, which makes him a Virgo. What are you looking at me like that for? It's like two days after Luna's birthday. Yeah, so he's a Virgo. Fuck that guy. Why do you say that? I don't know. Do you not like your own child's star sign? No, I just don't want to be so close to a murderer. I guarantee you, she was born on the same day as at least a million murders. Like it's at sh- least a million. Fucking ha- it shit happens, dude. Fuck. So yeah. Okay, maybe a million was a. Her in a no, you can't do that, cause then, cause then they turn around and kill you. Do you not know that one case? You're not wrong. <laughs> no matter what you do, your child will or will not murder somebody. It's entirely up to their own willpower. She's gonna, oh, she will or will not murder somebody. Depending on her own I heard, I heard she will murder somebody. The possibility is always there. (laughs) 
Have, have you it, seen the way your child looks at me sometimes? Oh, like, mm, oh. there is death in that girl's eyes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she wanted to do very mean things to that kid at the splash bed. Dude, I'm so proud She's of her for setting dude. her boundaries, though. Yeah. I was real mad at that kid for not respecting him. So, uh, yet another quick, like, jump to the side until we actually start our case. Do you want to tell it or do you want to save it? I don't know. I can tell it. Go for it. So we're at the splash pad. You know, water, splashing around, as one does. Stuff. So this kid had a bucket, which was super cool, and he was, like, catching the water, and Luna was very fascinated by it. So she was, like, following him around and, like, watching him, and she asked if she could do it, and he wasn't sharing, which is fine. It's his thing, whatever. Uh, and then he dumped the water on her, and she was mad. She, like, she, like, rage screamed at him. I don't think she did it the first time, actually, the first time we did it. But she was like, no, I don't like that. And then she ran up to me, and she was really upset. And I was like, then you tell him you don't like that, and you tell him don't do it again. And so then she went back over, and she was looking at the bucket, and he did it to her again. And she, like, rage screamed. It was like a primal, like, <laughs> And she's like, no, I don't like it. Don't do that. And then he started chasing her around with a bucket. And at this point, I intervened. And I was like, buddy. Because she was about to, she was trying to run out of the splash pad to get away from him. And he was following her. And so I walk up and I was like, she said no. She doesn't like it. You need to stop and go away. And he just walked away. And I was like, if he does that again, Luna, you just like, you splash him back. And she was like, can I splash him back? And I was like, yeah. Splash him back. And so then she tried to, she was, he had a sister there who had a red bucket. And the sister was sharing. Oh. And so I think Luna couldn't figure out how it was they were getting the water in because the water shoots up. It's not like okay, yeah. you can put it under a spout. And I was like, I was really hoping she would fill it up and just splash him back because I had a feeling he would not like it. And where the, where the fuck were his parents? I know. They, I don't even know which parents were his because I kept looking around trying to see who was watching him and, this, and the little girl. And I was like, who the fuck? Because, like, she told him multiple times that she did not like it and that she did not want him to do it. And then he kept doing I'm it. I'm really proud of her for vocally setting those boundaries. Yeah. And then I'm like, can I splash him? Yeah. And he's splashing you, dude. You splash him. Yeah, do it. And I was like, next time, we're bringing fucking buckets. And you can splash people. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm okay. so mad. Are, you, are we done? Yeah. Pretending like we don't have to talk about a dead person. <laughs> yes. Right, so, do you know this one, the preppy I don't murder? Think, I don't think I know it, know it, but it sounds really familiar. It's so it was a sensationalized murder. murder, which is really frustrating. Yeah. Because media ruins everything. everything. Oh, I forgot to mention that during the Jared Loftner one, mm -hmm. uh, when they one of the news stations that was reporting it. Before, like, her husband knew her condition, one of the news stations had reported that she had died. And so he's watching the news, like, flying to Arizona to get to be with her, and he's learning from the news that his wife has died. But it was not confirmed. She was not dead. She was just in critical condition in the hospital. So he's flying, and the news is saying she's dead, and he's like, oh my god, I already missed her. Yeah. Like, I'm getting goosebumps. Like, how, like... It just makes me so, like, don't report somebody as dead unless you know. Like, don't speculate. Don't, just, don't. 
Yeah. Just don't. Just don't. Sorry. Worry about yourself. <laughs> you worry about yourself. <laughs> okay, so Robert Chambers. You don't know. No, I'm not gonna start with him. He's a dumb <laughs> shit. You next Tuesday. Um. So, uh, let's start with Jennifer Levin. Oh, that's a cute name. Isn't, oh my gosh. And she is, when you look at the photos of her and her friends, she is so lively. Uh, like, the photos of her and her friends, she's always smiling. She's always laughing. She's got this beautiful, short-cropped, like, wavy, like, cute. beach wave hair. The blonde. Uh, the photos are almost all black and white. Oh, okay. I'm, like, imagining blonde. But, like, it was the 80s. She loved fashion she like it always looked like she was just having fun she was effervescent in a sense it was just i don't know there was there was a lot of life in her and you could just see it in the photos unfortunately in this time of her life in 1986 she was 18 years old and had recently graduated high school and was kind of like it's like the end of summer july august ish it's about that time everyone's getting ready to you know, head out to their colleges, and so they're kind of, like, doing this big last hurrah for the end of the summer, and so as part of that, she's kind of making her rounds and hanging out with her friends here and there, and a lot of that involves going to the bar. So these kids, so these kids are the kids of the elite, are the kids of the important, they're the kids of the, the people who are very affluent in the community, and it doesn't take much to be able to get themselves into bars. So Jennifer Levin herself was not part of the elite, but she was very good friends with them. Nice. And so because of that, she she ha- she wasn't like jaded in a sense. Like she wasn't very snobby uptown New Yorker, and a lot of people liked that about her, yeah. which kind of got her invited to a lot of places. She was, again, absolutely beautiful. She had a great attitude all the time, and it just, she had a way of drawing people in. So this is kind of where she's at in her life right now. She originally was staying with her mom over in Long Island, but earlier that, like earlier that year, moved to New York. So this is a newer friend group to her. They're partying, they're living their best lives, and it's all coming to a close, and they're all getting ready to part their separate ways to go to college. So it's like a big send-off. Big old send-off. So in this same time frame, running with the same crowds, we have Robert Chambers. So Robert was raised by a single mother who worked as a, uh, a nurse for these elite crowds. Which kind of gave him an in mm-hmm. a, a little bit. They didn't. He did not come from money, but he again, just like just like Jennifer, was friends with money. But rather than just kind of accepting who he was as a person, he chose to do what he could, beg, barter, and steal, to be one of he them. He chose violence. He chose violence. <laughs> and so Robert was very well known amongst this community as a thief. Mm. So like. He would stroll into parties, fill his pockets, drape a fur coat over his arm, and then say goodbye and head out. So, and, but, like, these rich party kids weren't supposed to be throwing parties to begin with. Their parents were out on a business trip or out visiting the lake house and left them. (laughs) 
and, you know, just left yeah. them to hang. And so they weren't supposed to be having these parties, so why are you going to call the cops right. to report something being stolen when you shouldn't be doing from things. a party that you shouldn't have been having? Yeah. That probably had alcohol when you were all too young to have it. Yeah. So. Breaking the rules. A lot of this went under the rug. A lot of this kind of got ignored or just kind of shuffled to the side. Some of this people just chose not to believe it was him because, unfortunately, Robert was very attractive. Ah, damn it. Don't you hate it? So, like, I looked at one of the pictures and I was like, huh. That kind of looks like the guy from Wonder Woman. Do you know who I'm talking? I think I know. He's like one of the Hemsworth brothers. Is it what? Is it the Hemsworth boy? Like Liam. Chris Pine. That's who I'm talking about. See, I didn't think so. So, are you ready? So, there's Chris Pine, and now here is. He makes me think of the guy from Anastasia. Absolutely. Like, if they ever do live action. Absolutely. I am not entirely convinced that he isn't the person they modeled that after. Yeah. Even though he probably wasn't alive when that happened. And here's Robert Chambers. Okay. Do you kind of see it? Yeah. So, Robert Chambers, especially for the time was very attractive. He had piercing blue eyes and this, like, chestnut brown hair that was always very well styled. He always wore really nice clothes. He he just, like, he had it, you know? And as a result, like, people loved him. People wanted to be near him. People wanted his attention. And so... As a result, people tend to just kind of ignore the fact that things went missing around That's him. That's so frustrating. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately for all of the things that he did that wasn't reported, only a few things actually did get reported. Like, it's frustrating and it's annoying. But, like, he went from private school to private school to private school getting kicked out because of bad attitudes, starting fights, low grades, theft. Kid did not give a shit. Didn't give a shit at all. He was there for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> um, and so when he started Boston University, uh, he only lasted one semester. So he's a year older than Jennifer is. So Jennifer's getting ready to start mm -hmm. college. And he's getting kicked he out. He is getting kicked out of college for, his, like, his first year. Nice overlap. Um, so he got kicked out. He was... Correction. He was asked to leave after his first semester due to multiple altercations, um, aggressive behavior, low grades, an issue with a stolen Jeez. credit card, which if I'm, I may be, I may be mistaken in pairing these two things, but I know there is also an instance in which he stole his girlfriend's credit card and racked up over $3,000 on it in a single weekend. Damn. I mean, yeah, but somebody else's money. So the... Uh, these are both instances that have been... Ooh, how much was $3,000 back then? Oh, I don't even want to know. Now? That's a lot. Probably like First five, of all, six? what teenager has a credit card with a limit upwards of 1000 like, let alone 3000 yeah. I'm a grown-ass adult, and my credit card is only like 800 I don't ever use it. I know, I need to fix that. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I mean... It's 
And then my fancy American Express one, I think, is 15 or 20 pesos. And I'm just like, I look at the number when I'm accepted, and I'm like, well, like the the Bank of America one, I got when I was like, I, I I got when I was nineteen, and then I just never used it. Yeah. So they never bumped the credit limit up. Cause it's like. Cause I never used it. You're not using it. You good? Yeah. That's fine. Still, so I mean, that's not a bad thing. Still making credit history. Yeah, you still have credit history, and it's less temptation of. Well, spending. now I use it because uh, my debit card is lost in my house. Oh. I know it's lost in my house. Yeah. I just don't know where it is in my house. So I use my credit card and then I just pay it off. I mean, that's card. like the smart way to use credit cards. Use it for things you buy anyways and just pay it off at the end of the month. Anyways. <laughs> so I, I don't know if those two are connected or if there's two separate instances in which there was a stolen credit card. Yeah, but that's yeah. crazy. So yeah, um, unfortunately, his classmates tended to describe him as magnetic and attractive. He had that rich kid bad boy vibe that kind of tends to draw people in, especially people in these kinds of crowds. Yeah, because you're different. So yeah, and he was also a bit older. So he was 19 hanging out with 16 to 18 year olds. Yes, so I'm gonna get there. Um, Which like, it's that's not a big gap of age, but it's like in that age. Yeah, gap, in that age, in that that's age grouping, a lot. the brain development is drastic. Yeah, from a sixteen to an eighteen. You're talking about people who are barely getting like their permits and stuff versus people who are going to college. Yeah, like, vastly different, and it's just a lot of brain development and a lot of emotional social growth in that time frame. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it is somewhat important to note that Jennifer and Robert did know each other pretty well, well enough that they had gone on a few, like, it's been said that they've gone on a few dates. I don't know if that means that they were, like, dating, mm-hmm. or if they had been seen together in public. Ah, uh, and they're, like, so... So, that part is kind of hard to tell apart, just because of how scandalous and how crazy the tabloids got. That's, so, oh, it's kind of hard to no. tell a di- tell the difference between, did they actually date, or was it just what, were they seen in public thing? together, and the defense attorney used that. No. It gets so ugly. This specific grouping of kids tend to really like to hang out at this bar called Dorian's Red Hand, Hmm. which I will refer to as Dorian's from here on out because that's a mouthful. (laughs) Dorian's Red Hand. So this bar was very well known and very liked by the chitlin of the area. Um, Most importantly, they didn't give two shits of whether or not the idea was real or fake. Classy. Or how fake it obviously was. Yeah, Sometimes like, they wouldn't even ID them. Oh my god. It is the 80s, after all. What are rules? So, in this time frame, Robert has a girlfriend, and her name is Alex. She is a whopping 16 years old. That is like... No. Yes. So she's 16 year old, years old, and just enamored with the fact that this really attractive 19-year-old guy is really interested no. in her. If you're a guy who is older than you, like that, and interest, very interested in you, we need to be questioning why he is not able to date people his age. So, yeah. That is... 
So, um, sweet little Alex started to notice things going missing around her house. Mysterious. When Robert was chilling and hanging out with her, she'd go to the bathroom, she'd come back and be like, bruh, the fuck did my errands go? <laughs> no, not really. I just imagine he's like, he's stashing like the silverware in his like jacket or something, and it's like, you good? You good, bud? You got enough forks you at home? Enough forks? <laughs> Do you need forks? I can give you forks. <laughs> And she was really frustrated about this, and so she decided that she was going to confront him about it. Good, and good so for she you. invited him out to a public place oh, because shit. she was clever. Smart. She was clever. And she was supposed to meet up with him at, I think, like 8. And then, like, he didn't show up until 10 30, 11 o'clock. Damn, dude. And so by then, she was seething. Yeah. Rightly so. Very much rightly so. And so the conversation apparently did not go as she had hoped. Yeah. Because she obviously was anticipating an apology. And she, oh, she did not was? get that. No. And there's a fun little flurry of events that involves her friend, apparently, and this is in her own words. I heard this in an interview from her as an adult. Her friend had became had become sexually active with with that with their boyfriend, mm-hmm. but was terrified of their friends find, of their parents finding out. So she had a little brown paper bag of condoms that she'd asked Alex to hold on to. So Alex is sitting in this bar, waiting on her boyfriend, carrying her friend's condoms for her. And so, like, for the first time in ever, the, it was for a friend, was real. And I'm mine. And so, as a result, when this argument, or when this turns into an argument and she's getting really frustrated with him... She throws this paper bag, ah! hitting him with it, ah! which breaks the bag open, sending condoms flying ah! everywhere. <laughs> and just to add a nice little cherry on top, sweet little Alex yells, we'll use these with somebody else then, and storms out of oh, the bar. Damn, like an girl. absolute badass. Get it. You tell him. Like, oh my god, I wish I I had half the audacity. (laughs) Throwing a bag of condoms. And so obviously this makes a big old scene. Obviously everyone starts to look to see what the fuck is going on over there. And obviously Robert is fairly embarrassed. Yeah. Now you would think being embarrassed of that, he would also leave. Yeah. He didn't. Why? Because he's a dumb shit. Um, so, what he does instead... Is strike up a conversation with his friend, Jennifer. Now, I don't know how friendly they were with each other. I know they ran in the same crowds. And she probably, much like a lot of the other girls in the area, were probably just like, ooh, he's cute, he's a little older, and he's giving me attention. This Mm -hmm. is awesome. Just like any other 16, 17, or 18-year-old girl is going to be. Red flag. It's a red flag to us as adults. Yeah, red flag. But... 17, 18, you know, 16-year-old girls are going to be like, <gasps> Oh my goodness! Like, up with me! Yeah. Because I'm when you're special. that age, the world is ending and falling around you constantly. So. The angst is real. Dude, the angst of all things is so real. All the hormones that are completely imbalanced in your brain. Red flags just look like rose-colored lenses. You just don't realize it yet. <laughs> no, yeah. So... 
They strike up a conversation, they end up talking for some time, and somewhere around the 3.45-ish a.m. mark, like, bruh, where the fuck are your parents? They uh, mosey on out the door together. So, that is the last time anybody ever sees Jennifer. Yeah. Um, Just like that? Just like that. August 26, 1986, around 6.30 a.m., there's a woman who is out for a morning bike ride who stumbles upon the scene and immediately notifies police. So, unfortunately, in Central Park, Jennifer's body is found with her bra and shirt pushed so far up on her body that it's kind of clustered near her collarbone neck area. Mm-hmm. Her jacket, her cute little jean jacket that she had been wearing is discarded near her body. Her skirt is pushed up her abdomen, almost completely underneath her breasts, revealing the fact that she is not wearing any underwear. Her underwear was found over 50 yards away, and she was just awkwardly posed. Like, she had one leg up really high, she had one arm up really high, like, it looked uncomfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. no one would have been laying naturally in that position, just sleeping or anything like that. It was just wrong. There was just something very wrong about it. She had... In in the words of the detective, Detective Wally Zines, who was the first on the scene, he would... He described it as, like... It was like an animal had mauled her. There was extensive damage done to her body. She had scratches, contusions, lacerations, bite marks. Jesus. Um, He goes on to describe how her skirt was pushed up, how she didn't have any underwear on. Her bra, in his words, were wrapped around her neck. So, like... Damn. in, In his words, in a interview that happened... I think 20 years later, he says the bra was wrapped around her neck. In most of the other sources, it was just pushed up really high. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's recalling it incorrectly or if the sources were incorrect. Yeah, they didn't it. However, she did have extensive bruising around her neck. Jeez. So I mean, I'm inclined to believe. I believe him. I'm inclined to believe the detective that was on the scene because he's gonna be looking closer. Because he, like body. he he described it as her bra, which had wires in it, had oh, been wrapped yeah. around her neck, and it caused extensive bruising across her That's neck. That's really good. So it was just, and in his words, horrific, absolutely that horrific. Like you forget. Like... So yeah, and him being a father, it really just kind of burned his his. Just burned into his consciousness. So it took, it took a little bit, like about I think like two or three hours until they identified her. But once Jennifer's body was positively identified, they were able to kind of track down her friends and create a clear understanding of that evening's events. So she was supposed to be spending the night with her friend. Jennifer's body. So you said. Yeah. Isn't that a movie? I don't with know. Megan Fox. Uh, I think there is a is movie about this. It's a 2009 film with Megan Fox. Is it based off of It's a movie? comedy horror film written and directed by... Film stars Megan Fox. What is it about, though? 
Like... A newly possessed high school cheerleader turns into a succubus. Yeah. So, no. I mean, like, it could be based... I don't know. No. I, I like your I, like I was like, Trevor's body, wait! That's the name of the movie. So, um... Yes, yeah, so... Like, once her body was positively identified as... As Jennifer... They were able to kind of track down her friends and piece together the night's events. Mm-hmm. And so from that, they were able to understand after talking with multiple children, because that's what they fucking were, they were children, yeah. at this bar, they were able to pinpoint Robert Chambers as being the last person to see her. Mm-hmm. So they pull Robert, or they go to visit Robert's house, and when he opens the door, the very first thing that they recognize or notice is the fact that his face is completely covered. Good. In deep gouges. Good. I, I write, like... Get it. Fuck yeah. Fuck them up. Right? And so, much to their surprise, though, when they ask him to come down for questioning, he agrees. Of course. Because he's, he's untouchable. Psychotic. Yeah. Because he's never gotten in trouble before, so why should he now? He's fine. He's... So, they take him down for questioning, and he tends to be very casual. Yeah. But, like, it, te- it, it breaks. Good. So, he, he's very casual for the first two to three hours, but... he's trying to seem like, oh, it's... Yeah, and so, like, his first story is, oh, yeah, well, we we walked out of the bar together, and we stood outside, and we mingled a little bit, but then we went our separate ways. I never saw her past that. (laughs) I can hear the voice in the other room. Um, And so they continue to ask him questions, the same questions, and they keep getting the same answers, until finally, after a little while, he's starting to get frustrated, Mm -hmm. and he's starting to kind of crack a little bit. And they ask him, like, hey, bud, where did those scratches come from? And he jokingly lifts up his shirt to reveal more down his chest and stomach. Fuck! Like, bruh. Thank you for fuck? showing me the evidence. And so he was like, oh, yeah, um, I, like, I ended up, like, it was, like, something about his cat. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he and his cat had a disagreement mm-hmm. or something stupid like that. Sure. I would like to point out that his family cat was declawed. Fuck. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Like, are you serious? My cat. We got in a fight. No big deal. This cat was Your cat claws. doesn't have any claws, for one. Cute, that's first of all, really bad for your cat. Don't do that. Really bad for that's your like cat. That's like cutting off fingers. Like, yeah, like, oh, you wanna you want me to just denail you? We'll yeah. take off the entire first piece of your finger. That yeah. nice little that's to like the first your first little knuckle. Yep. Anyway. Fucked up, don't do it. I mean, to be fair. Nobody advertises that that's what they're doing when they're declawing your animal. Yeah, no, they don't. Which is Fucked misinformation up. and yeah. bullshit, but Because you don't know better, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll declaw them, that'll fix the problem. I digress. But you don't know what you're doing. It's been a few hours, they keep asking him questions, and he's getting frustrated, and then to some extent he kind of starts to unravel and get mean and aggressive and just kind of really short with the, with the investigators, but they just keep pressing him. And you know what? He decides no. to change his story. And he does the right thing. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, he fucking doesn't. No. He victim blames <laughs> like a motherfucker! She was asking for it. She attacked me. So this case, I think, is actually one of the very first big cases where that was a thing. So, like, this really, this media frenzy fed into it so greatly that the victim asking for it became a popular 
uh, alibi, essentially. Fuck that! Dude, I know, I feel it. <laughs> so, no, uh, he, he took the privileged witch kid, he took the privileged rich kid way out, and victim blamed, like an asshole. He did change his story, and he told the investigators that he and Jennifer walked towards Central Park because her urging him to walk with her. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And at some point in time, she had gone into the bathroom to go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. and she came out, and when she came out, she had her underwear in her hands, oh, uh -huh. and she tied him up with her underwear. Oh, sure. And at first, he was kind of okay with it. But then she began to molest him and hurt him. Yeah. So, like, that's where his scratches on his chest came from, was she tied him up and she scratched the shit out of him and he didn't like it. And she was being aggressive with his manly bits and he didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And so there's a part in the video, because, like, as he starts to change his story, they call in all the important people, they put the cameras on him and they film him. And they get all of this on camera. And so then this was back at a time when, and like you can kind of hear the laughter almost in the police officer's voice. And he's like, oh, so she molested you is what you're saying? And so like this was back in a time in which the police were like, oh, no, a woman yeah. cannot rape a man. A woman cannot molest or assault a man, which is incorrect. That's very incorrect. Absolutely. And false. absolutely hurtful and complete bullshit. That's detrimental to like the whole equality thing. Exactly. So no, women can do that and they do do that. I just don't think that's what happened no, here. I don't, no. No. Those so, kinds of scratches are defense wounds. So, um he in his fun little make-believe story says how this very petite adorable girl she was rather petite and like shapely i guess like she she's not a like you can look at pictures of her she didn't have a lot of force behind her mm -hmm. like she she wasn't packing a lot of muscle she was a tiny baby. she really wasn't like she was kind of tall but like that's it there wasn't much to her mm -hmm. whereas he was 63 and 250 pounds damn so damn she tied you up with her underwear and then and it held you couldn't get out while she was scratching you and molesting you that so bad. according to him he was yelling at her and fighting her and he eventually got one arm free and pushed her off of him but when he did that he pushed her like lower neck upper upper torso mm -hmm. area and in doing so when she hit the ground, she stopped moving. Uh-huh. Sure. Which is bullshit. But your hands were tied up. Well, he gets one hand free, and that's how he pushes oh, her. Oh, okay. According to him. Yeah. Um, but you see, unfortunately, the thing is, is due to forensic analysis and just kind of knowing what, knowing what bodies look like, they were able to tell that she was strangled, and when you strangle somebody, it takes an extensive amount of force for a length of time. Yeah. Upwards of, like, three minutes. So it's, like, it always bothers me in the movies when they're, like, strangling someone to kill him, and then it's, like, once they stop moving, they're, like, hey, he's dead. It's, like, no, he's not. No. No, no, no. That's... Don't pull a fucking Dennis Raider. <laughs> fucking Dennis. Ugh. Don't pull a Dennis Raider. 
it takes upwards of three minutes of force, and I want to say like 150 pounds? Yeah, something like that. Something like that, of force to strangle a person. You don't just choke them till they're unconscious and then boom, they're dead. They're just unconscious, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, according to him, he like struck her windpipe and like pushed her off of him, and that's what killed her. Okay, but also, like, if this is really what happened, so then, like, why didn't Yeah, why didn't you call the police? If you were so attacked. Like. So, it gets, it gets so much better. Investigators looked at him and were like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, is his mom, Robert's mom, worked for the rich and the affluent. And therefore, was able to get him a very no. rich and affluent lawyer. defense lawyer. And right out the gate, because, like, this this conference that he has with the police, this uh, questioning, ends with him being arrested. Good. As it should have. Yeah. Like, case shut, they have their man done. Yeah. But you see, the thing is, is the defense lawyer immediately calls up the press. And oh, immediately no. throws this, quote-unquote, rough sex story. And it's her fault. And it's her fault that she was asking for it. And she shouldn't have been going into the park at night with a man if she didn't expect this to happen. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. Bullshit. I don't expect to go to a park and be murdered. I should be able to walk down the street of my home neighborhood and not be molested. Yeah, without worrying about... I shouldn't have to fight for my life. Yeah, no. Okay. So yeah, unfortunately, despite investigators knowing what's up and doing the right thing and like being there, the media caught wind and it just it was so sensationalized that there was nothing else that could they they could have done. That's so insane. It's disgusting. Um so yeah, that is just it's far too frustrating. Unfortunately, though, like, I just, I just can't even, it makes me so mad, but, um, the investigators, they looked at the evidence, they knew that she was beaten, bitten, and roughly strangled against her will. Yeah. You can see that in his injuries, you can see that in her injuries and the bruises and contusions on her body, which line up with fighting something heavy off of your body. Yeah, fighting for the, your life. Unfortunately, the genetic, the, the DNA forensic aspect of it was still very new. Yeah. And so, when they tested her jacket mm. for her saliva and blood, which linked it to her, they were able to realize that that jacket was pressed up onto her face and neck. So, he had strangled her with her own bra, yes, but Damn. the way she had died was this jean jacket being shoved into her face, Jeez. causing all of the, like, the blusted, the blusted, the busted blood vessels and contusions around her nose and mouth, which are consistent with being suffocated. Not pushed? Not pushed. Not suffocated. suffocated. Hmm. Weird. So, yeah, it's just... It was aggressive, and it was definitely a crime of passion, if you look at it. it. So yeah, that it it fits that crime of passion kind of thing. So some people think, okay, well she went to the bathroom, left her purse with him, found came out, found him stealing from it. That's a motive. 
there's also the theory of he wanted some attention and she wasn't prepared for that and that was a motive like yeah the motive was kind of hard to pin down especially considering he was not talking yeah he was trying to pull this story so the motive was kind of hard to really pin down and without it the um prosecutor really had an uphill battle they also this battle was kind of made worse because when he was a kid he was an altar boy he had letters of rec like letters of what's it called character witness oh okay so like they they had like character witness recognition or whatever from really high people up in the church which at the time nice. was super important even though it shouldn't have been no. they just built robert into this perfect altar boy private school attendee his image was so well built up like he wore all the nice clothes he he smiled the right way <laughs> he was attractive he was a good-looking kid he was a quote-unquote all-american oh my i fucking hate that he was the quote-unquote all-american boy that everybody loved to love and as a result jury selection was tough because oh, like when they when they do the jury selection, you can ask certain questions, and they all have to answer it. And they had a problem getting a juror that would sit there, look at him, and say, oh, like, he's he's attractive. He wouldn't have to force a woman into giving him attention. A man that looks like that doesn't have to force women into anything. So a lot of the jurors were immediately stricken, I guess if that's the right phrase, immediately excused because they couldn't get over the fact that he was attractive. He's attractive? That's so fucking stupid. So not so not only does the world look at him and he's alive, he's got a future ahead of him, he's a young, bright young man, despite the fact that we all know that he isn't. And he's a thief, and, like, he steals shit, but, well, you see, the like, thing is, is, because those thefts were never presented Reported. to the police, yeah. and because this case did not involve a theft, they did not let any of that information into the, into the room at all. Because it's not relevant. However, I would like to note that Jennifer's body did not have any jewelry on her when she was found. Hmm. Now, I don't know about you... That's weird. But if I'm out partying at a bar, you know what I'm wearing? You're getting cute. Something flashy. You're wearing jewelry. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking cute. I, I got You're my earrings in. I got my bracelets on. Like, I'm looking cute. So, like, mm, that's suspicious. That's weird. So, yeah. I also would like to point out that during the, like, during the initial finding of the body newscasters roll in because it's sensational you know a body of a young female mm -hmm. in the center of the park like this is crazy well if you watch those videos of the the newscasters and everything you can see robert no. in the park no. pacing in the background he didn't leave the scene and he admits to this 
He admits while talking with police in that initial questioning that he didn't leave. He was just in shock. But he was scared, so he went and hid in the park. In the same fucking park. And just watched police arrive. So. That's like one of those psychopath things where you want to be close to the investigation. It's gross. Like. Yeah. So, like, there was a man who was out jogging. At around 5 o'clock-ish, he passes a couple, a female and a male, that match their description. And, uh... They're just talking, and it looks comfortable, usual. Around 5.20-ish, he passes them again. Mm-hmm. And it looks as if they're in the midst of a dispute, and they kind of pass, like, they, they go a different way than he does. So they go out of eyesight, but he hears shouting, and he stops, and he goes, hey, is everything okay? And a male voice responds, oh, yeah, we're fine. And so this other man says okay and keeps on running no you wait so that was that girl says she's okay that was at 5 20 a.m jesus 6 30 a.m is when her body is found jesus. they put her time of death at potentially 5 30 damn so the beginning of this altercation that ultimately ultimately leads to her death may or may not have been potentially stopped by this man who was out jogging. So yeah, that sucks. If you get confirmation from both parties that everything's okay. You don't just wait for the mail. You go, okay, is she okay? I want to hear her. Dude. So yeah. But it was the 80s. So yeah, and then again... They, as they were digging into him, they find all of this information about all of these upwards of 30 individual incidences. Jeez. Which were found because when they booked him, he had a little, a cute little address book that had people's names and numbers in them. Because that's what you did in the olden days when you didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. And so they just started calling up people out of that, that book. Dang. And a lot of people wouldn't talk, but a good chunk of them were still like, yeah, he steals, he steals from, he yeah. does this. Um, less than four months prior to all of this happening, he was sent to rehab for cocaine usage. What the fuck? Oh, but he's so. an all-American boy. He's so sweet. But none of this was let into the trial That's at all. That's such bullshit. You know what was let into the trial? That she was asking for it. Any and all information they could find about any potential sexual partners she had ever had. They and took how kinky she liked it. They took much. her book, her cute little address book, and they no. and they he held it up in court and he's like, We have her sex diary. We have this, we have that. It wasn't. No. But the tabloids caught hold of it. Oh, my God. And so the tabloids are like, ooh, big big break in the case. They find a sex diary. It doesn't matter if that's not what it was. No. Even if it was a sex diary, yeah, so what? She still doesn't deserve to be murdered. So it's frustrating because every time you think you got his ass, the judge doesn't let it in. Or, like, it's just... It's so stupid. This is one of those cases where the media did so much more so harm much than it did help. Like, irreparable. So, it took the jury nine days to Jesus. deliberate. And they still could not reach 
And so, Mr. with this information, they, uh, the defense advised Robert to take a plea deal. So instead of continuing trial for second-degree murder, mm -hmm. he took a plea bargain and he was put, and he was sentenced for five to fifteen years on first-degree manslaughter. Oh my goodness! Fifteen years. It, it's not even enough. Less than and so when life. it comes to plea deals. Um, they had to run it by the family and the prosecutor first, and the family had to accept it. The family did accept it because they just couldn't put up with a second trial. Yeah. Their baby, their daughter, yeah, their little. best friend, yeah. whomever this like whomever was there to help make this, had to sit there and watch this beautiful, effervescent, life-loving human being turned into a sexual object yeah. in court because she's a girl because she was asking for it she was because, asking for it. because and it's just drinking and in a park at night with a boy and it's so upsetting which apparently means you deserve to be raped and murdered which is so frustrating and so upsetting so it's awesome he did get convicted he did go to jail but he only went to jail for 15 years Thankfully, he's an asswipe and had a really shitty attitude and consistently got in trouble. Yeah, of course. So he ended up doing his full sentence. When something like that is set, a okay. 5 to 15 year trial, or 5 to 15 year, year uh, sentence, mm -hmm. most of the time people only end up doing two thirds of that time. Yeah, they get early release because for like good behavior or whatever. Yes. Whatever bullshit. So thankfully, he was, a, he was a cunt. He was a shit stain. He was an asswipe. He was a douche canoe. And, um, they ended up keeping him all 15 years. Good. So he was released in 2003, but... He went back in. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. However, um, he, he did not change his ways. He did not see God. He did not do any of those other things that murderers like to do in prison. not actually an all-American boy. What he did end up doing... Was getting arrested for selling cocaine. <laughs> you want to know how long he was put away for selling cocaine? 30 years. 19 years. Wow. So, selling cocaine. For, so, so, drugs. Murdering somebody. Was 19 years. But, sexually assaulting and murdering a woman. 15. 5 to 15. 5 to 15 what years. What the fuck? So, yeah. Um, Thanks, Nixon. So, a lot that of bullshit nice. happened here. But there are a few good things that happened here. Um, Jennifer's mother was, like, she avidly worked to rewrite and change a lot of things that went wrong with her daughter's case. And she was able to get a good amount of legislation passed that now makes it, that now limits the amount of uh, sexual history of a victim that can be used in a court trial for sexual assault. Good. Because that's none of your business. It really isn't. It doesn't matter if somebody from the BDSM community no. gets raped. It's still a rape. It's still regardless of what it. their preferences are within the realms of consent. Consent. The second that consent goes away, it's a crime, my dude. The big C word. 
So yeah. Your account. I mean consent. That's the word. So yeah. That is my story. What a shitstorm. So yeah, I've been like I've had like somewhat of like a stomachache almost all day. Re like rereading through my information, remaking sure that it's all right, just making sure I put it in a good chronological order and everything. And just every time I open up this case, I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. And so like I said, like some of it is almost kind of reminiscent of that Brock Turner case. It is, yeah. Some rich boy thinks he's above the he's law. He's so pretty and he has such a future in front of him and we don't want to ruin his future. I'm Fuck grateful. You. I'm like I'm, I'm grateful that that case turned out differently than this case yeah. at least. But like I'm not ruining his future. He ruined yeah. his future the moment he made the decision to harm me. Yeah. I'm yeah. not making a decision here. That was his. Like, he did it. But literally that's what you tell kids is you're making sad decisions right exactly it's so like Like you are making these decisions it's also super important to to differentiate between these are your decisions not this is you it's like luna was crying today and she was telling me you made me cry and i was like i did not make you cry but i made you sad and when you were sad that might have made you cry i don't know no, it's important. That different, like, that, that, wording it like that is different. Because, like, you don't want to look at a kid and be like, well, you did bad. Right. You're so now that kid, kid is like, I'm bad. Yeah. That's, like, it's so hurtful. Versus, ooh, you made a really sad decision. Yeah, you made this decision and this Like, is you have to teach now. them, like, like, it's important that they understand that those are decisions that they can make and they can choose so, to like, do better. Adults definitely know that, and like definitely should know that. If you cause someone to be murdered, it, it teaches accountability. Yeah. So yeah. Ah! Nobody's asking for it. No, nobody. Unless ever they're asks. explicitly saying, "Hey, do this." Yes, but see, the thing is, is that means it's consensual. Yeah. So. Safe words, people. Penguin. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I always see online, everyone's always like, pineapple. I always throw out penguin, because it's like, I don't know, it's a cute little fluffy bird. Penguin. Okay, cool. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> Flamingo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Becca is wholeheartedly and utterly obsessed with flamingos. I love them. And, like, mm. So yeah, that's cool. You've enabled it, too. So I have enabled it. Yeah. We now have cute little flamingo lights. They're so cute! I got a giant flamingo for my front yard. Well, it's not giant. It's a little windmill one. Not windmill. Yeah. Is it a windmill? Pinwheel. Pinwheel. Okay, so um, feel free to shoot us an email at. Can you do it? No. Come on, you can do it. I don't know. I have faith in you. Casual Casualties Podcast at at gmail.com. I'm so proud of you! Cool. 
Oh, I got it. Uh, and I'm going to go double check that you said it right. Hang on. <laughs> yep. Casual Casualties Podcast at gmail.com. We also are on Instagram. You're going to get some show notes and some cute little, like, pictures and shit of the adorable Jennifer and her friends just living their life to the fullest. Um, feel free to hit us up, shoot us a message, send us some personal stories you can send us true crime stories. You can send us ghosty stories, like whatever it is. Spooky, spooky scary, and or macabre. I am here for it. I really would love to do listener tales. I really would love to do, like, listener-led episodes. And we can only do that if we get enough information from you guys. Like, tell us your deets. Give us I your wanna, stories. I want to hear Ouija board stories. No! <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> Becca wants so badly for Ouija to happen, and it's not going to happen. I'm going to find a case about no. a Ouija board. Okay, you can read a case, that's fine, that. but you bring a Ouija board in here, and I'm, I'm gonna, donezo. I'm going to do the case, and then I'm going to bring a Ouija no. board that day. And I'm just going to have it set up on the bed. You're doing it like, in your household, yeah. and I'm not bringing that shit home. I'll cleanse my car if I have to when I walk out the door. <laughs> We're not doing it. Uh, I love it. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, thank you for joining us on our casual crusade. We'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye! <laughs> <laughs>